A new survey about religious beliefs in America has some surprising findings about who believes there is a God and the reality of their faith. How many ways are there to get to heaven? And if there's a heaven, is there a hell? And should our Christian faith shape our opinions about things like supporting the troops in war and even serving in the military? This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. December 7th, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire, we will not falter, and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. I am so privileged to be back with you on this Friday. This is such a good time to be able to spend together, and uh, we're going to take an hour and talk about a couple of really interesting things today, and a couple of the topics that uh, we're going to be handling we've talked about before, and we had quite a bit of interaction on, and I'm going to be wanting to get your interaction again. Hopefully, by the end of the hour, we will have time to approach the subject of pacifism again. Uh, I know that some of you probably don't think this is a big issue, but I, I want to guarantee you that there are more people than you think who are adopting the this position, even among evangelicals, even among believers. And so I want us to uh, take a long look in consideration of whether that's true or not. But the long look may come another day. We're going to try to approach that as much as we can uh, towards the end of the program today. And I want you to start thinking about it now, because again, I like I mentioned, we've had a lot of interaction on this, and I think it'll be an interesting thing for us to discuss, because it really does come out of uh, our faith in God, whether we believe we ought to be engaged in activities like that, and uh, well, just practical decisions. How do we get involved in the world? What are we supposed to do in it? That ought to come out of our faith in God. And so the other subject that comes up is uh, this survey that was conducted recently that I'm going to mention in just a moment. It also deals with something we've talked about before, which is uh, that a lot of people do not believe in what's called exclusivity. That is, that Christ is the only way to heaven. There are a tremendous number of people, even those who consider themselves evangelical, and by tremendous, I mean huge, not good. There are a tremendous number of people who, even though they might consider themselves evangelical, still do not believe that Christ is the only way to get to heaven, or at least that a personal relationship with Christ is not the only avenue toward heaven. Now, I find that mystifying. I'm just completely mystified by it. But we're not going to get to that first either. We're going to get to that second. What we're going to do first is talk about uh, atheism, basically, belief in God, theism, and uh, a rejection of the belief in God, atheism. Because what's happened in this last week, there was a release of the second part of a study which was conducted by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life. And they called this the U.S. Religious Landscape Survey. 
And actually, it came in two parts. They released the first part back in February. You, you may remember we actually talked about it a couple of times on the air. Uh, we mentioned some of the findings in, these, uh, in this research that they did because it was a huge number of people that they surveyed. And uh, in the release in February, it was just uh, statistics about who, who says that they're what faith and who claims to have faith and not to have faith and so on like that. But this part of the survey was much more detailed. Because they interviewed so many people, they were able to ask each segment, even groups that are so small that usually in the surveys that are conducted, there are not enough people to make any statements about. There's not enough sampling. And so there were over 35,000 people interviewed for this survey, and that allowed them uh, to give statistics on groups which had formerly been underreported or at least unreported because there was no confidence about uh, how the statistics would play out with the larger segments. 35,000 people lets us say some things about what people believe. And there were a couple of things in that survey that I found most interesting that I want us to be able to talk about today. Now, the survey itself is available online at, I think it's pewforum.org, but you can link to it off my blog, barrycreamer.com. If you go there, it's like the second blog, uh, the one that I did yesterday, and you can click on it, the Pew Forum, and it'll take you to their site, and you can read all the details that you want. I know many of you are going to rush home and do this because it's only 276 pages or so long, and it's worth reading every word of it. But if you don't want that, you can get the little cursory summary they have of it, which is only 18 pages long, and that actually was worth reading. I enjoyed looking at that. Now, uh, with all that invitation to go and look at all the other data, I just wanted to point out two things that they found in the survey that were particularly interesting to me. Number one was a question about how many people believe in God. And uh, the conclusion that they gave was that there are a tremendous number who have faith in God, even, oddly, some who call themselves atheists. Now, the first thing I want to do is just invite you to listen to Pew Forum and Religion and Public Life spokesman John Green. Oh, I'm yes, John Green. Uh, talk about the number of people who said they believed in God. Many people who identify as atheists may not be telling us that they don't believe in God. They may be telling us that they don't like organized religion. Now, the reason he's saying that is because there's this really odd thing in the survey that 21% of those who consider themselves atheists. Now, there are a lot of different things a person could mean by atheist, but the one thing in common with all people who would say that they are atheists is that they are saying they do not believe in God. That's what it means to be an atheist. You can be a strong atheist, I believe that there is no God, or you can be a weak atheist, I simply don't believe that there is a God. Those are two different views, but they both don't believe in God. That's what it means to be an atheist, and yet 21% of those who considered themselves atheists, called themselves atheists, also said they had faith in God. Where on earth does that come from? So what I'm going to invite you to do, this is the first question that I want to ask today, and uh, if you're a, a person who's listening and you're able to get to your phone, you're able to talk without actually putting a cell phone up to your ear while you're in traffic and endangering the lives of all the people who are around you, if you're able to pull off to the side of the road and call, or you're able to do it from home, or you just have some Star Trek-type device that allows you to do it in your car, whatever, uh, I invite you to call. The number is 1-800-881-9270, and the first question I have for you is, uh, why would a person say they're an atheist, and then turn around and say that they believe in God. But I also want to ask a different question with that, and that is, 
Why Now, I'm asking you this now and giving you the number, 1-800-881-9270, so you can call in just a moment, and we're going to start getting to your calls right away. We already have somebody on the line. We're going to get to them in just a few minutes. But if you're interested in calling, the number is 1-800-881-9270. First of all, I'm asking you, why on earth do you think a person would say they're an atheist and then turn around and say they believe in some kind of God? Then the second question I have for you is related to that, but it's not the same question. And it is, what would it take for an atheist to change? That is, what do you believe it would take for an atheist to convert, actually to begin believing in God, and to recognize that they were no longer an atheist, but a person who had faith? What do you think it would take to bring about that change in them? Or would it take anything in particular? So I'm going to ask you about that, give you some more information on it in just a minute. Now, the second area that we're going to be talking about in terms of this study, this survey, the first is there's a tremendous number of people who believe in God. The second is these people who say that they believe in God, and and I'm not doubting their sincerity, I believe they do, but they also are very inclusive about other faiths. In fact, uh, the Pew Forum almost sounded a little giddy about this uh, in the way they write about it, and I was a little troubled by that, but I, I really like the group. I like the work that they do. So here's the point, though. Most people who say they do have faith are very inclusive about other faiths. That is, they don't believe their religion is the only way. Listen to this. Seven out of ten Americans with a religious affiliation told us that they believed that many religions, and not just their own, can lead to eternal life. So now all of that's going to give us an opportunity to talk about what we had discussed before, and that is whether it really is true that there's only one way to heaven, and that the, the vast majority are excluded, not, not because they're not invited, not because they're not welcome but because they never come to faith in Christ, and he's the only way. So I want us to be able to talk about that as well. Now, uh, as we're talking about this, I just want to point out, and, and we have a couple of callers waiting on the line. I'm going to get to them in just a moment because I want to be able to give them an opportunity to, to squeeze in here. But I want to introduce what we're going to right after the callers, and that is most, most of the atheists that I've interacted with, you know, I've read them or I've actually had discussions with them or maybe they've been a student in one of my classes, something like that are what they are, that is, they're atheists, because of a lack of evidence in their mind or a lack of logical support for uh, Christianity. That's how they perceive it, that uh, the Christianity just doesn't have the evidence or it just doesn't have the logical basis that it needs for me to be able to come to faith. They have great confidence in their own reasoning skills, which are uh, not always exactly uh, what they ought to be placing their faith in. But anyway, that's the position they come from. Well, I have a brilliant friend with me today. He's actually in the studio with me who has the advantage, or in my opinion, often disadvantage, of thinking like an engineer. Uh, he actually is an engineer. He does that kind of work all the time. And I want to introduce him to you and give you an opportunity to hear his testimony as well in just a moment. Now, his name is Philip Byer. And Philip, I'm just going to say to you now, I'll introduce you more formally in just a moment. But I just want to say thanks so much for taking this time uh, to come over and uh, talk about the Lord with us. All right. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, you bet. Uh, now, I'm going to take these uh, first couple or three callers that we have. And again, I'm going to invite anyone who wants to to call in and share with us what you think it takes for an atheist to come to God or why you think it is that an atheist would say, I'm an atheist and I believe in God. I'm just mystified by that statement. Okay, anyway, uh, this is the first thing I want to do. Uh, I want to take Tom in Wataga. We want to join you there in Wataga and uh, ask you about a Baylor poll. Is that right? Baylor took a poll on this? Yeah, Dr. Kramer. I polled by, it was a September 2006 poll. Okay. 
and it was a Baylor Gallup poll, and it was, it was basically a, a poll of who we pray to, and it kind of it was an interfaith group hug. But what jumped out at me, <laughs> what jumped out at me was was a couple quotes here, and it said, "Given the evangelical focus on Jesus and the rhetoric about having personal right, right. relationship with him, right. only five percent said they pray to Jesus." Okay. okay, then now it was a survey of everybody or a survey no, of it was evangelicals. Seventeen hundred and twenty-one. Sep- in, uh, no, I'm saying North Texas here. It just okay. just spread throughout North Texas, the general yeah. population. Yeah, and okay. it's, um, like I said, it was That's fine. interfaith thing. Yeah. Okay, but what jumped out at me was this quote here, and it was from the, I, I think it was from, I don't know if it was the surveyor or the article, who, the lady who wrote the article. Uh-huh, okay. The raw numbers. Fourteen respondents noted that God and Jesus are, according to the New Testament's explanation of the Trinity, the same along with the Holy Spirit. Okay, that out of 2,700? Scary, uh, 14 out of 1,721. That's 0.8%. <laughs> oh, that, uh, you know, I'm scary? laughing, but it's really scary. I'm laughing to keep from crying. So It is. Uh, well, that's, that's, and uh, you, you asked about the atheist. Yeah. You know, in Romans 1, it says, God gave us the creation to know exists, yeah. and a conscience to know when we've We've broken his law. Right. Everyone has that. Yeah. And the atheist, it's rebellion's all it is. I, uh, I appreciate that, Tom. I appreciate the call and the opinion. That's actually very insightful. And also that information is helpful because that's also my experience. Unfortunately, uh, doctrine is just not well known or not well adhered to. I'm not going to say people are stupid. I, I, I don't think that's true. My experience with people is they're not dumb. Uh, but, but, but a lot of people just don't seem to care. And, and even just if I say the words, Jesus is God, and I'm in conservative churches all the time, uh, I see eyebrows go up. Huh? Are you sure you're supposed to say that? Aren't you supposed to say son of in front of God? Like that means he's not actually God, and they miss the deity of Christ. So I appreciate that call, Tom. Thanks for the insight. It's very helpful. Dave, uh, we're going to join you in Fort Worth. Uh, It says you have a comment about atheists and their belief in God. What's your comment? Well, it it just sort of reminds me of the thing, you know, I'm an atheist, and I thank God for it, uh, you know, and I I think that's totally wrong, but I think it's telling of (laughs) you know, our right. society that, you know, like, we want to have security, yet right. we don't want to hold terrorists or anything like that. Ah, I hear you. So, so it's just a general double-mindedness. Yeah, uh, sort yeah. of like an oxymoronic mentality that we have. Yeah, I love that word, too. Hey, uh, listen, I, I I actually am going to agree with that in some senses, because I think people are double-minded, and uh, there is a sense that uh, I, I don't believe in God because it's cool or stylish or whatever the reason is that they say that, or because, you know, in my college class it doesn't sound like it'd be the cool thing to say. But I do believe in God when I'm in need of some kind of, uh, you know, a new start or a new beginning. Listen, we have a, a couple of other callers on the line. We have one other caller on the line right now, and the rest of you are also invited to call in uh, on this uh, question, what does it take for a person to begin to believe in God, for an atheist to begin to believe in God? And uh, also, why would an atheist say they do believe in God while they still say they're an atheist? That's the hardest part to figure out. But also, we're going to have a good discussion here with Philip Beyer about his faith in Christ, where it came from, what it was like uh, before he came to faith in Christ, and how on earth somebody uh, with that weird mathematical engineering type mind uh, could have an understanding of a relationship with Jesus Christ. So we're going to have fun talking about all that when we come back for more on Jerry Johnson Live. I thought my life was too busy to get a master's degree, but Crystal College makes it easy. Did you know that you can now get a Master of Divinity degree in just one day a week? If I can fit this into my schedule, I know you can too. 
Come to Criswell College on Mondays and increase your education for more effective ministry. With concentrations in pastoral ministry, evangelism, Jewish studies, counseling, philosophy, and more, you can build your personal ministry with a master's degree or go on to get your doctorate. You'll study with some of the most distinguished professors in the nation and get plenty of hands-on experience outside the classroom. All it takes is one day a week. Come join me and my friends on the Criswell College campus and get your Master of Divinity degree. One day, one place. MDiv Monday at Criswell College. Call us at 800-899-0012 or check us out at criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Chriswell College. See us on the web at chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. The survey shows that only 51% of the public believes in a personal God and are absolutely certain that God exists. Now, uh, the interesting thing about that claim, it comes from this Pew survey that was just completed, the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life, and it was the U.S. Religious Landscape Survey, is that a dominant percentage of Americans said they did believe in God, 92% or so. And out of that, a huge majority said they were confident in their belief in God. But they're very vague about exactly what they mean by having that faith in God. And uh, what we've been asking is, why would people say they believe in God if in reality they doubt that faith or they're not very confident about exactly what it is, we even mentioned that 21% of atheists who responded, that is those who called themselves atheists, also said they believed in God, which is self-contradictory, but apparently it's not self-contradictory in our culture. Who, well, who can tell? Anyway, the point is, why would they say such a thing? And we've been asking you that, and so I've been basically asking two questions, and if you want to call in at 1-800-881-9270, you feel free. We're going to get back to callers in just two or three or four, maybe five minutes. And uh, our, our goal is to hear from you an answer to one of these two questions first, which is, number one, what does it take for an atheist actually to come to faith in Christ? What does it take for them to begin to believe in Jesus Christ? What would bring about that transformation? And then secondly, why on earth would a person say, I'm an atheist, but I believe in God? If you have an answer to either one of those questions, feel free to call in again at 1-800-881-9270. Now, uh, the other thing that I think affects this answer, and there are plenty more, but and we'll get to those with your calls, but the other thing I think affects this answer is the personal experiences uh, people have in their relationship with God, including prayer. And there's a surprising number of people who believe in prayer, pray every day or every week or every month, and believe regularly that their prayers are answered. One third of the public says that they receive a definite answer to a specific prayer request at least once a month, with almost one-fifth saying they receive a direct answer to prayer at least once a week. Now, I'm surprised one-fifth of people even think they pray once a week, much much less have a prayer answered every week. So good for them. Glad to hear it. And I'm not surprised you would believe in God if you pray and then you see God answer your prayers regularly. You would, you would think that that would encourage a person to have faith in Christ. Well, one person I know who has faith in Christ, in fact, one of the most real faiths I've experienced in all my years of ministry, and I've been actively serving in the ministry for way too many years to try to enumerate right now. Anyway, the 
the point is, I've been in the ministry a long time, and I love seeing someone who comes to faith in Christ and then lives it out consistently in service toward other believers, in evangelism, in their in their home life, their family life, in everything that they do. I'm privileged with that, and I love to see it just the same way Paul compliments the Philippians and talks to them. I also compliment and encourage my Philip here and say to him, you've been an encouragement to me. I love sharing your testimony with people, and uh, I want to hear your testimony today again. And parts of it we really haven't talked about very much. I mean, I remember a few times going on a maybe a ski outing or something like that with you and having an opportunity to hear about your conversion from your perspective, how you grew up, what happened, and then what brought you to faith. So I just want to ask about that now and find out what's going on with you. Now, for those who are listening, I want to share with you why I think this is worth doing today, aside from the fact that it's always worth hearing about someone's personal faith in Christ and how it came about. I also want to mention it today because, again, most of the atheists or agnostics that I've dealt with are people who do not believe there is sufficient evidence or enough logic to justify this faith that we claim to have in Christ. And Philip Byer is certainly a person who's able to speak from that perspective. Now, I never hear him boast and say things like, hey, I was an atheist, but I came to faith, and so my faith is more real than someone else's because of what I can. It's not like that. Uh, Faith is faith, and uh, faith in Christ is faith in Christ, and Christ is the Savior, not our reasoning or our skills or any of that kind of stuff. But uh, Philip has uh, participated, for instance, I mean, he works for a, uh, you know, what amounts to a small country around here, a a corporation that serves in the military-industrial complex, as Eisenhower would have said. Anyway, uh, and uh, he's helped. He's an aerodynamicist and an engineer and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he has helped uh, design air-to-surface missiles, air-to-air missiles, surface-to-air missiles, surface-to-surface missiles. Uh, He works with aerodynamics and propulsion design, solid rocket motor selection and sizing, missile wing design, airfoil, stuff like that. He has a patent on the unique use of a two-pulse motor, which was an upgrade for a hugely significant U.S. air defense missile. So uh, this is a guy who, uh, you know, comes from that perspective, which I find an odd perspective. But anyway... Uh, Philip, again, I I welcome you to the show. Appreciate you being in the studio with me. And I want to ask you this question first. Can you just tell me if you if you like if you had responded to this survey back when before you knew Christ, before you came to Christ as Savior? And they had said, do you believe in God? What do you believe about God? How would you have described your own uh, belief about God before you came to Christ as your Savior? Well, that's interesting. Uh, You know, early on, I would have said that I was an atheist. Okay, and then I learned quickly that in fact I wasn't really an atheist, but I was an agnostic, and because I I knew that there was something out there that, uh, and, and exactly from from the perspective of what Romans one says, and that is right. that the creation is so clear, and um, and uh, just uh, you know my own conscience taught me that there had to be something out there. Right. And so, uh, uh, yeah, I would that, call myself an agnostic. Okay, well, that, that makes sense. I mean, in this survey, the Pew survey, actually 55% of those who consider themselves agnostic said they believed in the existence of God or a universal spirit of some kind, something like that. Because, I mean, this covers Hindus and everybody. So uh, the point is that you would put yourself probably in that camp. You went atheist to agnostic just based on the fact that you couldn't deny there was probably something out there right. that you needed to deal with. Okay, let me ask you this question. Well, first of well, how long have you been a Christian? When did you come to Christ? Can you just tell us about your conversion just briefly? Okay, yeah, I've been a Christian uh, almost 20 years, and... Um, Time flies. Yeah, um, well, actually, I, I went to church 
because my daughter wanted to go to church, yeah, and go. I think she was six, maybe, and uh, she really wanted to go to church. I had no interest in going to church whatsoever. I'd, I'd search things, and 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 the things that I'd heard, I, I just didn't didn't really buy into. Right. And so that's why I first came to church. Right. Okay. So you showed up at the congr- at the church, and then uh, were you saved in church, out of church? Were you saved? Uh, I mean, did you accept Christ right then? Did it take a long time? Just in general, it, it took. It? I think it took about. Six to nine months, as I re, as I remember, um, it, you know, the the difference was that I finally came across someone who could who could teach something and and tell it in a way that I, I didn't ever find any flaws in it. I, I never did absolutely agree with everything he said. I couldn't <laughs> say, you know, oh well, that's obviously the truth. But right. but I I could never disprove anything. And so <laughs> it just it slowly started to build the truth into me. And then, you know, yeah. finally, um, yeah. you know, just the idea that you just have to put your trust in Christ hit me. And when I did it, I mean, it was just a life-changing experience now, for me. Now, we're about to go to the callers in just a moment, but I, before we do, I want to ask you just two more questions. Number one is, if you had been asked right then, just right after your conversion to Christ, uh, what is it that brought you to Christ? How do you think you would have answered that question? What is it that changed you or brought you over? What would you say? Have, well, what would you have said then? I, I would have said that, you know, it's the, it's the truth of understanding that, you know, that you're really not, you're really not there. You, you need to repent, and, and you're not, you, you need a savior. Ah, okay. Uh, you need someone to help you. So it's just deep personal need. Absolutely. You had a conviction that you had a deep personal need. Okay, good enough. Would you change that answer now as you look back on it? If you were asked today, what do you think it is that actually brought you to faith in Christ? Would you give the same answer, or would you have changed your answer now? No, I, I would give the same answer. Okay. Is that it? Just it met the need that I that I had, and okay. and that you know really that the Holy Spirit was really speaking to me and, and I, calling me. I, I'm just going to throw in, I think that's one of the really great things about the gospel. You don't have to win an argument. You don't have to convince people. You just plant the seed. You just keep the word going out, and uh, the conviction will grow. I mean, God is real. If he's real, then we allow him to bring about the conversions. We don't have to force it and bring it about ourselves. All right, we have some callers on the line. I'm sorry I've kept you all waiting for so long. I'm very grateful for your patience. First of all, I want to thank Floyd uh, in Fort Worth for hanging in there for so long and uh, invite you to share your opinion right now. Floyd, what is it you want to talk about, and what is it you want to say? Oh, well, you was asking about the people that are, uh, are say yes. that they're atheists. Right. I don't think there is an atheist, because gotcha. uh, let's say the 20% or 21 that's saying that they they have faith in him, but the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Sure. I think a lot of them they look at the different churches, or even a lot of a lot of the different denominations. Look at the same right. way, you know. Uh, well, you take uh, Mark sixteen and seventeen and eighteen, six, uh, chapter sixteen, seventeen and eighteen, where Jesus is fixing to ascend into heaven, and he's telling the, the apostles what to do. And he says, "And those that uh, believe in." in and me, these signs shall follow them. You know? Oh, sure. Well, so, I mean, there's plenty of evidence out there that, that the Lord is real and that we have to deal with him. And I understand what you're talking about. I appreciate that input because I, I'm, I'm okay with saying with you there aren't any real atheists. Now, I know plenty of people who adamantly believe they are atheists, and I don't believe they're being insincere in their statement. But I do believe there's an ulterior motive to it. And in fact, our first caller, I think, made a comment about that. Uh, and, and that is simply that um, people don't want to believe in God. I mean, I, you can say I have wishful uh, belief because I believe in God, but the reality is my whole life has to change 
people because I believe in God. I think wishful thinking is believing that uh, I'm going to live the way I live and never face God. And so uh, I'm just not going to hold to that. Uh, Floyd, thanks so much for your call. Uh, Don, uh, let me come to you now in Hearst and uh, ask you what you want to share with us here on Jerry Johnson Live. What's going on, Don? Well, it reminds me of the old blood and tears song that said, uh, I don't believe in heaven, but I pray there's no hell. Oh, yeah. Actually, you know, that's it's a funny thing. That's one of the things in this survey. There are a lot more people who believe in heaven than believe in hell in the survey. I don't guess that surprises us at all. In fact, uh, Philip, let me just ask you real quickly, before you came to faith in Christ, would you have said you believed in an afterlife? Uh, yes. Yeah, see, that's funny. But would you have believed in hell? I'm I, just curious. I'll tell you the truth. I had no clue about what it would be like, you no, know, whether okay. you just go into the ethereal mist or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. what. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I think that's fair enough. I do think a lot of people use God as a positive way to think about the world, and so that's why they give such loose answers in this. And I appreciate your holding. You've been very patient uh, calling okay, from Euless. We, we want to join you there. What is it you wanted to share with us about, uh, about atheists? Well, first of all, I love your show. Oh, thanks. Years ago, I worked in uh, strip clubs all across the country, and I met a lot of girls who would claim to be atheists, but at the end of a bad night yeah. or when they got depressed... And I am so really, sorry. Really We're coming up on a break we have to take. I really want to hear from you, so hang on if you can, and everybody else, hang on too, as we come back to Jerry Johnson Live. Listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now, here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. It does seem to be associated with a decline in viewing God as a judge and as someone who punishes people, and, and, but a continuing emphasis on the view of God as someone who is merciful and generous. We've been talking about this uh, Pew Forum study on uh, U.S. Religious Landscape Survey. Uh, it's sort of a, a way of describing Americans' beliefs about everything in the world. So uh, I wanted to play that clip because it's an example of this, uh, I don't know, kind of feel-good attitude that people have about uh, their faith, their religion. It seems to be more just a, yeah, I believe there's something good out there than there is a belief in an actual God. And I want to talk about why that's practically true. But first, I want to get back to Ann. I'm so sorry we uh, had to cut you off. I was interested in hearing what you were going to share. So would you mind just uh, telling us again where you're coming from and what your opinion is about this that we've been talking about? For years, I worked in uh, strip clubs, gentlemen's clubs, that are anything but gentlemen's clubs, I right, guess. Right, of course. And uh, have come to know Miss Pearl that would claim to be atheist, would tell anybody asking that they were atheist, right. or say that they were agnostic, that deep, deep down, truly believed in God or truly wanted to believe in God, ah. I think there, you know, I think there is a huge fear of, of twofold judgment, one from God and one from society. Yeah. But, you know, I know, girls I knew that I think desperately wanted to find a personal relationship with God, they were terrified, well, you know, if I acknowledge him, then my sins are out there in the open, and then God is judging me, and then yeah. society is judging me. Yeah. And, and somehow... You know, if you're able to fool yourself, well, if, as long as I don't acknowledge him, then I don't have to acknowledge those sins. Right, and it's a, it, it is a whole different life once you admit that there is a personal God that you have to deal with. I mean, everything 
in your life changes. It's really funny. One of the, one of the things about this survey that stood out to me was, uh, for instance, here's one of the statements from it. Americans are nearly unanimous in saying they believe in God. Now, this is uh, Pew's interpretation of it in their summary. But the statistic is 92 percent. Uh, we can't get 92 percent of the members of one church to vote on one pastor, even if he's the last guy left in the world. So 92 percent saying they believe in God means practically everybody says they believe in God in America. And then they go on to say, large majorities believe in life after death. That's 74 percent who believe in life after death. My guest, Philip Beyer, who's with me, was making the same statement. He had been, he said briefly, uh, when he was younger, maybe an atheist in his basic view on the world, but then that was transformed into something like agnosticism, but probably did believe in an afterlife, just didn't know exactly what form it was in, all this before he came to Christ. And 74 percent of people in the country say they believe at least that much. There's a God, and they believe in an afterlife. And then it goes down again, from 92% who believe in God to 74% who believe in life after death of some kind, although a lot more believe in heaven than in hell. But then 63% believe that Scripture, whatever their Scripture is, is the Word of God, 63%. But do you notice one of the ten, one of the tendencies in that? That is, the more and more practical the effect on life would be, the less and less faith there is in that thing that's being asked about. I mean, it's easy to talk about God generically, but it's a different thing altogether to admit that this God is going to hold you accountable for how you live and that he's given you, actually, uh, for instance, an eternity to deal with uh, this life and or to deal with the response or the result of this life. And then finally to say, and he's given us a book that says uh, how we should live and that we're accountable for what he says in that book. Hey, uh, Philip, I just want to ask you real quickly. You said you know you were an atheist and an agnostic before you became a Christian. Uh, I, I just want to ask you, if you had been asked as an agnostic, do you believe the Bible? Uh, and you were raised in a Christian environment. I, I don't know whether you were raised in a Christian home or not, but I know you were raised in a Christian environment just because you were in Texas, right? You were raised in Texas, weren't you? So, uh, so you're a decent person because you were raised in Texas. But would you have said, even when you were an agnostic, I believe that the Scriptures are the Word of God, whatever the Scriptures might be? Would you have said that, or would you have said, ah, probably not? Uh, I, I, would have thought, I would have thought that they were— um, uh, there was some truth in them, but I, right. I, I I wouldn't have admitted that they were the Word of God. Okay, okay. so written by men, and, and a lot of people, especially non-evangelicals, do make that kind of statement. They say, no, they have wise sayings in them, they teach us some things about history, they were written by good men, uh, but they're not uh, necessarily from God. All right, now uh, we do have a couple of callers on the line. One of them uh, usually gets priority on this show because, uh, I don't know, he has something like his name attached to it or something like that. Anyway, uh, Dr. Johnson is online, too. Dr. Johnson, I want to thank you for calling in and just ask you what you wanted to share. Hey, Dr. Kramer. Thanks for doing the show today. Uh, Privileged you know, to know, I would like to share that atheism is a matter of the heart, I think. Yeah, yeah. You know, the Bible says in Psalms, the fool has said in his heart sure. that there is no God. So I really do think our first caller was onto something. Yeah. It's a matter of suppression. It's a matter of rebellion. And, um, you know, I think, you know, Ecclesiastes says he has placed eternity in their hearts. I think right. these atheists are rebelling against religion or the church or the morality, I agree. but they cannot deny uh, 
the eternal, life after death, the spiritual. And so right. that's why 20% of them are saying, well, I do think there's something there. And, you know, I think uh, Pascal put it well when he said, there is a God-shaped vacuum in the human heart that can only be filled by Jesus Christ. Yeah. I want to encourage our listeners, uh, they don't have to have all the philosophical arguments when they talk to an atheist. That's right. Uh, it is a matter of the heart for the most part. Yeah. Man, I, I agree 100%. I, I think you know that, that I agree with that 100%, uh, and not just because you're Dr. Johnson either, by the way. Uh, but I, I do just want to confirm it by saying in Second Peter 3, that's what motivates the skeptics. They choose to be ignorant of what they actually know. Now, we don't usually think of ignorance as something you can choose or reject, but they do. They don't want to know that God can still bring judgment to the world. And Dr. Johnson, I'm, I'm just going to ask you, I mean, does it surprise you that in the survey more people are willing to acknowledge an afterlife with heaven than are willing to acknowledge an afterlife with hell. What, what did you think about that, that statistic? Oh, are, is he still there? Are you talking to me? Yes, yes Dr. Johnson. Well, I, I just wanted to ask your yes, opinion. Yes, I think that uh, the fact is uh, people find it more appealing to believe in heaven yeah, sure. than, than to believe in hell. And, um, you know, Augustine said this um, in a prayer. Oh, God, you have made us for yourself. Right. Our hearts are restless till they rest in thee. And I think, yeah. you know, the agnostic, the atheist, uh, know something is missing, but they don't know what it's missing. And it, but it's God. That's what's missing. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Dr. Johnson. It's always a privilege to hear from you and a great privilege to be able to sit in on your show. Philip, you were sharing something like that uh, when you were talking about what you think, as you look back on it, what you believe it is that brought you to uh, the transformation. And that was... You had a need that uh, just couldn't be filled elsewhere. Am I exactly right? exactly right? And it was it was like the hole he talks about. You know, I felt like there was something missing in my life, and you know, and it was a really a gut wrenching experience. And I think it is for many people to to come to repentance, just to look at themselves uh, from from a real standpoint and say, uh, you know, I really am a sinner, and I really need God. But you know, I heard a wise man one time say, uh, you know, um, what would you have to give up? Uh, to come to to come to know the creator of the universe, and he and then he he said, "Who cares? Who cares what you have to give up? Because uh, <laughs> yeah, there's exactly nothing right. like it." That's exactly right. I appreciate that very much. Now, listen, in light of all this, and I, I, I believe we still have you on the line, and I just wanted to ask you a question. In light of what you were sharing with us about people who said uh, they were atheists, agnostics, but really down inside, mm-hmm. you knew there was something different going on. What yeah. is your opinion? Uh, about how we should deal with that. How do we how do we react to that as believers? How do we handle that? I think as believers called called together with Christ, we have to love these people home. Yeah. I, I think that's the only answer. I, you know, yeah. if you look at the ancient writings of biblical times, even other pagans of other faiths remarked on the love and the kindness of Christians. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think we need to bring that back. I think instead of instead of calling out judgment upon people, we have to show these people that, you know what, we've all made mistakes, we've all done bad things, we all have to repent to Christ. Yeah. Now, and I want to ask you one more question. Uh, Your life has apparently changed radically, right? Yes, absolutely. Was it when you came to know Christ? You know, I was was raised in the Church, but I was never raised to believe in a personal relationship. I was raised in a very otherly world, God. But you do now. You do now believe in a personal relationship with Christ. You know what? I met an awesome Christian who I admitted where I was working and the things going on in my life. 
and instead of blaming or condemning me, she said, I love you. What can I do to help you? Amen. Demonstrate the love of Christ. Lead people into the kingdom. That's what we always want to see. Ann, thanks for an outstanding call. I appreciate your time on the air, too. Uh, Dana, I appreciate joining you in Abilene. Uh, That's great. You know, I used to travel down regularly to San Angelo at Glen Meadows Baptist Church down there as the interim. That's a long drive. Abilene's not even nearly as far as that. Y'all are still out there in West Texas. Uh, Hopefully you're getting some of this rain. I appreciate your calling in. wanted to know what you had to say about uh, what we've been talking about. Atheism, what it takes for him to come to faith, all that. Dana? Oh, Dana. Are you still there? I guess I lost you. No, you're there. I hear you now. Can you hear me? Okay. Oh, man, I'm bummed out on that, Dana. I really wanted to hear from you, but apparently you're on a cell phone and we've lost the connection somehow. So I invite you to call back in if you'd like to. We're going to have some more time for it in the next segment as well. But if any of you out there listening, you you just want to call in and talk to us about what you think it takes for an atheist to come to faith in Christ. Uh, And secondly, why you think it is that so many people would claim to be atheists, but also claim to believe in God at the same time. I'd be curious to hear it. I, I think a big part of the reason, by the way, I just want to throw this in. I think a big part of the reason is because for a lot of people, God is not a person nor even a universal spirit, but really just a, uh, a concept. It's just a way of talking about good or pleasant things and uh, not someone or even something in particular. We're going to come back and talk a little bit more about this and get some more feedback from Philip and also for callers who are on the line and waiting. Hang on. We're going to get right to your call after this break in just a moment. And I also want you to consider this other question. How far should your faith go in changing the way you think about the world around you? Should it change the way you think about people who don't have your faith? Because a lot of people who responded to the survey were adamant about their own faith, but not willing to say it was the only way. Is there another way? Is Christ the only way? How willing are we to say Jesus is the only way? Grace alone, faith alone, in Christ alone. Hang on on Jerry Johnson Live. I thought my life was too busy to get a master's degree, but Criswell College makes it easy. Did you know that you can now get a Master of Divinity degree in just one day a week? If I can fit this into my schedule, I know you can too. Come to Criswell College on Mondays and increase your education for more effective ministry. With concentrations in pastoral ministry, evangelism, Jewish studies, counseling, philosophy, and more, you can build your personal ministry with a master's degree or go on to get your doctorate. You'll study with some of the most distinguished professors in the nation and get plenty of hands-on experience outside the classroom. All it takes is one day a week. Come join me and my friends on the Criswell College campus and get your Master of Divinity degree. One day, one place. MDiv Monday at Criswell College. Call us at 800-899-0012 or check us out at criswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Chriswell College. See us on the web at chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's today's host, Dr. Barry Creamer. Many people who identify as atheists may not be telling us that they don't believe in God. They may be telling us that they don't like organized religion. Now, I think a lot of that is true. Uh, again, this is Barry Kramer. I'm privileged to be able to spend the day with you and also with my good friend Philip Beyer, a, a, you know, a great Christian believer, a servant 
in, in, in a local church, congregation, where he serves faithfully and uh, really enjoy his Christianity. And we've been talking about the fact that uh, in this survey, uh, there are a lot of atheists who actually say they believe in God, but obviously there's something amiss there because atheism means you don't believe in God. So we've been trying to reconcile those two ideas, and uh, we've been asking the question, what does it take for an atheist to come to Christ, but also just why would a person say, hey, I believe in God, but I'm an atheist? And uh, one of the reasons is in that first clip that we played for you and that we just repeated for you, and that is that uh, I think for a lot of people, uh, they just don't like institutional religion. And it's a way of saying, I, I think I've known teenagers who would have said, yeah, I'm an atheist, and what they meant was, I won't go to my parents' church. Uh, and that's really all they meant by it. So you don't have to jump to a lot of conclusions uh, about statements like that. I want to come to Philip in just a little bit, and I'm going to ask him, uh, what, what, you know, what should we think when we're around an atheist or an agnostic or a person who professes to be that, and how should we react to them? And I want to know uh, what uh, your opinion, Philip, is in just a moment uh, of, uh, in fact, I'd kind of like to hear what you would say to an atheist or an agnostic and what you would suggest to them if they said, hey, look, I want to know the truth. I want to figure out what's going on. So you think about that for a second, because I'm going to come right back to you. First, I want to get these callers uh, taken care of. I appreciate your patience. Everybody's been very patient on the phone. It's taken forever to get to different callers. Uh, but uh, let's see, who's first on the line? Tom? Is it Stephen, Stephen, we want to join you in Dallas. I'm sorry, Stephen. I know you're not Tom. I'm glad you're here in Dallas, and uh, I want to ask what your opinion is on all this about the atheists and what they believe and don't believe and how we ought to react to them, all of that. Uh, what's your opinion? Uh, doctor, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, great. I, I just wanted to remind all of us as believers that, uh, and I, I think it was Chuck Swindoll that I heard say this one time, uh -huh. that whether we're talking about atheists or unrepentant homosexuals or, or whatever the... the the topic, we have to remember that all of them are victims of the enemy. Right. They, are, they are not the enemy. Right. And I think that's just such a compassionate way, and, and I, I, for one, as a, when I was a new, I came to know Christ late. Uh, I was 29 years uh -huh. old. Yeah. And I remember the first few years as a babe in Christ, I just remember being so excited about being a believer, right. but resentful to those who didn't believe it. You know, I yeah. was really harsh. <laughs> they were the enemy themselves. Yeah, sure. yeah. so I just want to remind all of us of that. And, and yeah, I just, uh, just a, one more quick piece is that yeah. one of the callers before said something about judging. I, I cringe when I hear Christians say you shouldn't judge. I disagree. I think we should absolutely judge. Right. There's nothing wrong with being discerning, and there's nothing all wrong right. with cringing at sin and calling it for what it is, even if it's listening to a pastor that's teaching in, yeah. uh, uh, Good deal. improperly. So thank you. Yeah, I agree, man. Thanks, thanks for your call. That's very insightful, very helpful. I appreciate your attitude. I'm a little uh, offended that you would say you came to Christ late in life at the age of 29, uh, since uh, I'm 45 now. But I understand what you mean. And the truth of the matter is, after somebody's out of high school, the odds go down dramatically that they're ever going to come to faith in Christ. And it's not because of something wrong with their ability to believe. We just don't reach them very well. So uh, there's one thing. I appreciate that very much, Tom. I appreciate you calling also uh, uh, from Keller. In fact, I was worshiping in Keller Sunday morning. My son was leading worship up there. Had a great time there. So uh, what's on your mind, Tom? Well, uh, I actually was involved in worship my, myself for like 25 years. I've been a born-again Christian for 25 years. Prior to that, I was raised Catholic, but I no longer believe in God. And why is that? Why would you say? Well, it's first of all, it's it's. Uh, I, I don't listen to your show regularly. Somebody called me up and asked me to listen. Hey, great! But the uh, director uh, that just called in, the guy who usually hosts the show, yes, he said that it's a given that there's life after death, and and actually there's no empirical proof anywhere in the history of man that 
well, there's any kind of true. <laughs> when you say empirical you say proof, there's life after death. I mean, sure. I mean, there's nothing that you can put your hands on right now before you die that says there's going to be a next life. <laughs> now, I just want to. I just want to point out if I could put my hands on it. What value would it be? I mean, the whole point about eternal life is that it's not temporal and it doesn't pass away, and every stinking thing I put my hands on here passes away. And I, I don't mean that glibly. I, I'm not just abusing well, the fact that you said put your hands on it. I mean, well, I, why I, would I, I want an eternal life that was material to begin with? Well, I understand that, but so there's nothing that you can say there is definitely an eternal life. We want to say it's intrinsic in our heart, that it's part of our DNA makeup, and it's how God created us created us to believe that there's a life after death. Sure. But honestly, if you, it, it's re- faith is the essence of what we hope for. It's the evidence of things that we don't see. The, the very act of ourselves believing, the very thought of us believing, putting our faith in Christ, putting our faith in God, putting our faith in that after life, there, after death there's life, it is just a simple matter of believing in something that we cannot prove. I mean, the very essence of faith, like I said, is... Well, it's not that you can or can't prove it. That's not really what faith is about. I, I know you know this, but this is really important. It's not whether we can or can't prove it. It's whether I'm willing to commit to it, whether I am right. willing to give my life to it. And, and here's the reality of it. If you said to me tomorrow, hey, I've got proof that Jesus really wasn't in the world and he really didn't rise from the dead, hey, then I lose because that's all there is to me. I am totally based on Jesus Christ. My faith right. means... He's my was, only hope. I, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry. No, no, you're but, fine. I was, kind of, I was kind of scared to call because there was. Nah. I don't argue my faith anymore, so it's, I'm a little nervous. Well, about I've never argued this side of it, but for the past two or three years, I've been living in this existence of, of questioning my faith. And I think when we stop questioning our faith, we we become fanatics. We become, you know, the terrorists when they pray, they hear the same voice in their head we do. They just tell them to go blow up buildings and kill people. So, sure. Well, you know, fanatic, you know, fanatic is a certain radical term that implies certain things. So being absolutely committed does not mean being willing to harm other people because of my faith. And I'm I'm a fanatic if you mean I believe in Christ and that's all there is. Nothing's going to change that. Absolutely right. nothing. Well, I, but I'm I not going to hurt anybody because of it. I don't believe in it anymore. It's it's I've spent like 25 years trying to connect the dots and find trying to find the purpose-driven life for myself and I you know let me just say because I raised my children in church I yeah. led worship for yeah. years I well I ministered for years in church and it's just when you're try when you spend your entire life trying to connect the dots trying to find God's sure. perfect will for your life things some things work out some things don't man Tom I hate I hate to cut you off uh, but and I'm not trying to cut you off but we are going to run out of time here in just a moment and I just need to get a couple of things in I want to invite you to call back though again I'm going to be on the air again Wednesday I invite you right now to call back on Wednesday and let's just talk about it because there's not going to be any attack on either side there are plenty of people who've come out of atheism and agnosticism into faith in Christ and there are plenty of people who in Christ have experienced doubts that have led them to walk away from living their faith. Whether they say they're atheist or agnostic, a lot of people walk away from living their faith, and I find that to be a shame, not just because, oh, it sounds bad for us or it looks bad for us, because that's not the problem. Uh, The problem is faith is real, and Christ is real, and what he changes in life is real, and it's a shame for somebody not to be able to experience that benefit, even you. And I know uh, you're not saying, hey, I'm having glee in in taking this position. Philip, I'm going to give you 10 seconds to answer this question. If you had the opportunity to say to somebody who is agnostic, or atheist, what they should do in order to discover where their faith might be or what they ought to believe in, what would you say to them? Got about 15 seconds. I, I would say that they need to find a teacher who really understands the Bible because if they can hear what the Bible really teaches and understand that truth, I believe it reaches people. 
You know, uh, Jesus teaches something of the same thing when he says how we're supposed to find our leaders because they produce good fruit. Find someone with good fruit, follow them, and they'll lead you to Christ. This is Jerry Johnson Live. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.